every moment of my life, the very darkest moments, even times when I adamantly believed that no one could possibly understand uh, the depths of what I was experiencing, there was always someone in my life who proved me wrong. Welcome back to the Impact Entrepreneur Show, where we have conversations with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, athletes, best-selling authors who are using their impact moment to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. I am your host, Mike Flynn, and each week our guest is part of a series such as Mindset, Leadership, Purpose, and we just concluded an incredibly powerful series on belief. Now, this series is all about a warrior's heart. So over the course of the next few weeks, we will take time learning from some of America's greatest warrior leaders and how they are using their experience to have a game-changing impact in the lives of others. I think this is a perfect series to follow up belief because each guest in this series willingly volunteered to place themselves in situations where they had to develop the skills necessary not only to survive, but also to achieve their objectives. And they did so in the midst of many obstacles and challenges. And more importantly, each one faced incredible amounts of adversity. And now they are taking those lessons of leadership and humility and resiliency and have a new mission to impart those lessons to the world. So bust out your pens and paper, take some notes. And now let's learn a little bit more about this week's guest in the Warriors Heart series. Josh Montz returns for part two of our conversation in this series of the Warrior's Heart. And last week, we discussed why Josh became a soldier, the important mentors he's had in his life, the day he was shot and killed by a sniper while on tour in Iraq, and the decade-long emotional struggle that has inspired him to launch his mission to help veterans and non-veterans alike recover from the emotional wounds that severe trauma can cause. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage you to go back and check it out because today we are going to dig into Josh's upcoming book that's about to be released called The Beauty of a Darker Soul, Overcoming Trauma Through the Power of Human Connection. Now, Josh wrote this book to help others uncover and validate the true source of their pain and also giving them a shared language that they can use to express that pain and heal productively. Bust out your pens and paper, take some notes as we dive into this powerful conversation with Josh Mons. I love the title of your book, which is coming out soon, with The Beauty of a Darker Soul. Yep. And and I love that. And I love that because I've also heard it that another put another way, like that that concept, the beauty of a darker soul, because there's beauty in that darkness, right? Right. Another way I heard it put uh, was by this this uh, bishop, this Catholic bishop named Robert Barron, who said, "You have to acknowledge the weeds in order to see the flowers." There you go. And I, I loved. I'm like that particular phrase. Like boom. Like it struck me so profoundly. And the title of your book and your story struck me so profoundly. And we have this ability to acknowledge those things and to get together with people. And one of the things that you talk about on the speaking circuit, and I'm sure you talk about it in the book. book has yet to be released. It will be out soon, hopefully, fingers crossed. Hopefully by the time this airs. You, you, you do talk about the dangers of constructing your own story, right, to a certain degree, and, and letting 
decisions that ha- or decisions or circumstances that happen in microseconds develop a narrative that determines the rest of your life. So how do people navigate the story they tell themselves? So, wow, there's so much there. You know, there's there's really three um, kind of fundamental concepts or principles that emerged for me over that 10-year journey that that not only kept me alive, but allowed me to derive meaning within the suffering mm-hmm. and, and ultimately uh, reach... Uh, a much stronger state than I would have otherwise been before without these experiences. The first of those is, is a conceptual understanding of the complexity and cumulative nature of trauma, right? And, and to, to reverse for a second, you're, you're absolutely right. Trauma doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. It, it comes in uh, every walk of life. Um, it, it, it impacts all of us. And even though the nature of our experiences can be very different person to person, the emotions that manifest from them can be very similar, especially when we look at them through the lens of deeper moral and spiritual wounds. To reinforce this even more, again, it, it, it wasn't the experience of dying, uh, even though that was kind of the big traumatic event on the surface uh, that people pointed to, it wasn't that event that was the most difficult to navigate. It was living with an incurable immune disorder in Crohn's disease mm-hmm. and just being built up and ripped back down by that over and over again. Like I was a modern day Sisyphus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people can relate to what it's like to live with incurable disease or chronic pain. You know, mm-hmm. and if you're experiencing that, that's traumatic, mm-hmm. right? It alters your life. It was going through a divorce. It was going through the abandonment of multiple failed relationships. Um, it was, it was uh, those things can be more challenging to navigate than dying. And the point is, I would challenge anyone uh, to have the strength to not look at like this experience of dying or, or, you know, we as humans have a tendency to compare ourselves with others totally, and say, you know, it's natural. It, it, like, mm-hmm. well, man, I haven't been through anything what they've been through, so right. I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. And I'd encourage you to try not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about the, the resolution of trauma and, and ultimately you reaching max performance and max efficiency and, and, and max effectiveness in your life, you know, uh, that, that has to be a very personal mm-hmm. journey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and your, your, your experiences are just as valid as mine as anyone else, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the three things that kind of emerge, one is understanding the complexity and, and uh, cumulative nature. By complexity, you know, again, as humans, we have, <laughs> regardless of the experience, we have this tendency to look at events in retrospect and uh, blame ourselves and fault ourselves for decisions that we made in the span of microseconds mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. right? Um, and as, the, as that kind of continues to fester as we move forward, the negative things tend to become more profound because that's the only thing that we're hinging on. It's the only mm-hmm. thing we're blaming ourselves for. Mm-hmm. Um, and we forget all of the extenuating circumstances that happened in that experience that led to the decision to begin with that might have influenced why we acted or responded the way that we did. Mm-hmm. Quick military example. You know, let's say we're driving along on a, you and I are driving along on a highway, a roadside bomb goes off, you get killed and I live. Mm-hmm. Right. And I go on and this is a very common situation, unfortunately, but I, I go on blaming myself that, man, I should have seen that that roadside bomb. I could have stopped the car. That, right. I could have done something better. Mm-hmm. 
but you forget that your glasses were fogged up. You forget that it was 120 degrees. You forget that the radio was going off in both of your ears. Mm -hmm. You forget that you're distracted looking at the left. You haven't slept in four hours and you know, you haven't eaten in, in, in a day, you know, all of that stuff impacts that microsecond decision of whether you see that roadside bomb or not, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's, it's not, uh, that, that kind of forensic reconstruction of the event, as I call it, the objective detective work mm -hmm. in piecing that back together in context isn't to lay blame or fault or make excuses, but it is to take an honest look at our human nature, right? Our, 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 and, and hopefully be able to relinquish some of that guilt by placing it back into context. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, there's thousands of inputs that occur in every one of these experiences, whether, that, whether that's a business relationship falling apart or whether that's an IED going off in Baghdad, you know, our, our emotions are powerful. They're, they're strong. And, and uh, it's, it's important to keep that into an objective context. Similarly, the cumulative nature of trauma is often something that's not understood either. Mm -hmm. You know, all of us are shaped uh, from the moment we're born, uh, moving forward, every second of our lives, we are shaped by the inputs around us and the constructs that our brain develops to predict the next action that will happen in our lives, right? And when a traumatic experience happens to us, it, it's, it's almost, especially when we're young, you know, and all of us have stuff from childhood of varying degrees. It's almost like trying to build a house on a cracked foundation. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you continue to build on that cracked foundation and, uh, you know, keep building and building and building, you don't necessarily know even the smallest event might trigger that house to collapse at some point. Mm -hmm. And we can go on believing like, man, I've been through worse than situation X. Why is this getting to me so much? I don't understand. I must be weak. I must be broken. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's because you're not taking into consideration that the crack in your foundation happened 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and if, if we, the point is like, again, doing that forensic work, that objective work, to repair that crack, rebuild mm -hmm. the foundation is mm -hmm. what ultimately makes mm -hmm. it stronger, mm -hmm. right? So, so that doesn't require action, what we're talking about right now. It's really just that initial conceptual understanding that mm -hmm. this, th there's reasons why we react and respond the way that we do. Mm -hmm. There are reasons, mm -hmm. right? And, mm -hmm. the, and the point is to try to, it, it's actually quite a journey to try to figure that out. And mm -hmm. it can be a really interesting one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so the, the second, I think we've already hit, uh, which is, which is understanding that trauma isn't always what it seems, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that it's a very personal thing. The third, um, is, uh, one that I, I just love because it's so powerful, but it, it, it's, it's the concept of suffering productively, hmm. you know, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, you have to see the weeds before you can see the flowers, uh, suffering is inherent to life. Mm -hmm. You know, Viktor Frankl, world-renowned psychiatrist and, and Holocaust survivor, tells us that without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. Mm -hmm. And despite the truth in that statement, it can be a very difficult concept to internalize in the face of trauma, mm -hmm. right? But as we continue to derive meaning in our experiences, right, as, as, as we continue to grow from them, uh, as difficult and dangerous even sometimes as that journey may be, the end result is absolutely worth it because of the heightened perspective we have, mm -hmm. right? Now, the challenge is we don't need to take that journey alone, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? 
Because if, if we try to stay in isolation and try to take it alone, the alternative paths that we can take can be dangerous and even deadly and irreversible at times, right? So what I mean by suffering productively goes back to what a therapist told me right here in, in Monterey, California. Uh, great, uh, great therapist named Laurie Galperine with Harmony Place in Monterey. Uh, I was shadowing a group session with her when she turned to me and said, Josh, you know, I, I think the role of a therapist is to help people suffer productively as opposed to allowing them to suffer in vain. Mm. Mm. Right. And the, I, 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 I have never come across a more grounded definition of mm -hmm. not only what therapy is, but really the relationships that we share mm -hmm. with, with everyone, you know, mm -hmm. the, the power of human connection, mm -hmm. that the perspectives that we can garner uh, from other people can help keep us on center line without veering too far off. Mm -hmm. and so, so we can, we can go through that journey um, maybe with a little less suffering with, with less damage on the lives of others and even our own, but, but to do that collectively as, as a team, you mm -hmm. know, Every moment of my life, the very darkest moments, even times when I adamantly believed that no one could possibly understand uh, the depths of what I was experiencing, there was always someone in my life who proved me wrong. You know, there was always someone who had the courage and strength to plant healing seeds inside of my mind that would eventually start to grow when the moment was right. They had the strength to be vulnerable. And I really believe that that vulnerability is what binds us together at the core of the human experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, so I can, again, I can look back retrospectively at all of this. And I, I remember so many times, several times vividly, where people close to me would approach me uh, kind of with concern. You know, I, th there, there was a handful of people who did kind of start picking up on some things. And even though I couldn't recognize or even internalize what they were saying in the moment, I at least maintained the humility to not reject their notion completely, mm -hmm. right? I, I remained receptive to feedback. And, and that receptivity to feedback, the, the, the humility knowing that, that you might know more about me right now than I know about myself, mm -hmm. that is what ultimately kept me alive. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so th th anyway, th the, the point is suffering productively and, and, and th there's, there's nothing more powerful in the resolution of trauma than the power of human connection and the connection we share with each other. This episode is brought to you by the Lawton Marketing Group, a full service advertising and design agency specializing in websites, social media, apps, logos, and more based in Oklahoma. They work with clients across the nation from small businesses to large corporations and everything in between. You can find them right now on the web at www.lawtonmg.com or call them at 580-275-2063. Connect with them now for a complimentary competitive analysis of your website. Just tell them the Impact Entrepreneur told you to call. If you're interested in playing a small role in having a game-changing impact in the lives of others, then I want to encourage you to head over to theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash join. And there are a few ways that you can help the cause. So again, that is theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash join. And you can join the movement in helping me have a game-changing impact in the lives of others through the Impact Entrepreneur platform.
Now back to the show. Have, have you ever heard of uh, Dr. Martin Seligman? I don't he, believe He's so. kind of like the, uh, the godfather of positive psychology. Okay, you know? yeah. And psychology, up until relatively recent, has always been about fixing a problem as opposed to helping someone suffer productively, right? right. And, and it's not ironic that you highlight human connection as a key to not just only enjoying it, life, but also to recovering from traumatic situations, because that is like one of the, that's the first level of living a good life. Uh, what he refers to as a pleasant life, which is social, which is relational. It's relational. Right. And, and so having that, uh, that human connection, having that sense of community, uh, and, and trust are all things that lead to living a good life, whether you're recovering from trauma or just, or just living life. Right. And one of the things that is really profound, and I always love it when, when in a good conversation like this, we're able to tie together something that happened early on in your life with what's going on now. Right. And so we talked about self-efficacy before, right? And it's very clear to me, and I'm not a psychologist by any means, but like just listening to you, you talk and what you're doing now, it's very clear to me that the confidence that was built in you as a kid by doing hard things, failing at them, developing the skill set to go back and try them again successfully over who knows how, how long, and also seeing other people successfully do things made you confident then. And those very same things are, are making you confident now and enabling you to fulfill your mission today, which is to help heal others. So it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible, man. I, I <laughs> like you're, you're up to some amazing things. And, and as we, um, as we conclude kind of the, the, the core of the conversation, I have some, uh, final kind of fun slash potentially deep questions, but We've had a very deep <laughs> conversation today, and I'm incredibly grateful for it. They're always fun. But I, I want to make sure that we let people know where they can connect with you online and where they can look out for the book when it does, sure. when the Pentagon eventually does release it. <laughs> yeah, so so it's uh, our only—we're uh, just waiting on it to clear uh, the Pentagon's pre-publication review process, which is really a standard formality. That should be done any day now, although— I can't say exactly when I can't, I can't <laughs> predict that. So what, you know, I'd love to keep in touch with it. The best thing to do is just go to darkersouls.com, uh, which is the the landing page, drop your email in there. I don't spam people. There's, there's going to be some great content to come out and, and I, I will definitely let everybody know when the book's out. Awesome. So awesome. I'm really hoping by September, um, worst case by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, we're very close and, and got a lot of, uh, a lot of buzz going around it right now, so I'm, yeah. I'm excited to get yeah. it out there. Yes, yeah. and help. you worked with Tucker Max and the Book in the Box team to what? It, yes, how was that experience? You know, phenomenal. I I could not endorse Book in a Box more. the The process is really like a hybrid between traditional and self publishing. And um, I, as we were talking before the show, I mean, literally, like my editor and I uh, have such a close relationship. I mean, he knows more about me than anyone else <laughs> in my life, even my mom. 
you yeah. know, because uh, they were genuinely invested in every step of that process. They take you from the inception of the idea to marketing it on Amazon. And it was just so efficient. It's like the Silicon Valley version of book writing. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, highly professional process that I recommend to anyone and, and a lot of advantages over uh, traditional publishing. That's in, awesome. That's awesome. Ways. So if you, Josh Mons, could pick any skill set that you currently possess and turn it into a superpower, what would it be? <laughs> you know, I, I I will go back to the one thing that's uh, kind of driven me throughout my entire life. Can I? And they might kind of be two in the same here, but uh, humility is, is is one of them. I mean, j- just re- remaining humble uh, is such an important quality to have. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's so much that that we can learn from each other, right? And I've, that, that seems, that coupled with empathy, just, just in every leadership role that I've ever been in, and I've been in a lot of very complex leadership situations, but that is a core element of leadership to me. Like, you know, aside from building trust, humility and empathy are the, are the mm-hmm. next two, mm-hmm. whether that's, that's um, building a relationship between the two of us or leading hundreds or thousands of people, mm-hmm. Um, and inherently seeking to understand the skill sets of others and, and, and where their really drive comes from is, uh, has, has never led me wrong in mm. any situation. Mm. So I love that. I love that. Now, when you take into consideration your, your whole life, your whole adult life, you know, from maybe from high school till, till now, what are three lies that you think people tell themselves and which prevent them from realizing their full potential? You know, one of those, which I fell prey to, and I'm trying to relate all these to myself here. Uh, one of those is I'm good. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm good. Like I don't have any problems or I'm good. Like I'm good at X, meaning, Y, and Z. Meaning that I'm good emotionally. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm fine. Which, no problems. Yep, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Um, you know, typically if somebody's saying that where there's something deeper going on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's yeah. okay. It, it's, it's just an indication that, the, you know, it's it's okay to do the deeper exploration and the deeper work to take that honest mm-hmm. look. You know, one that I I kind of find a lot is, or or that's that's a pitfall at, at least is that I'm not going to fail. You know, and it's it's this fine balance between, or maybe the lie is defining what what success or failure really means, mm-hmm. right? At at its core, mm-hmm. you know, it is. Is is success accomplishing a goal, or is success our ability to overcome a failure, right? And the experiences that we derive from that, mm. and, and how it shapes us as mm. the people that we are. Mm. It, it's it's a blend because there's you know so many of my closest friends like Greg Amundsen and Jay Redman and Mark Devine and and just these great leaders that um, have this incredibly disciplined practice, positive mentality, right? just lead people to greatness, you know, and where I, where I kind of fit into them or where I see it fitting in is I, you know, I focus on the resolution of trauma. I, I help people get back to baseline when there is a, a massive disruption of their life, mm-hmm. right. Which can get in the way of mm-hmm. some of those other deeper wellness practices that can mm-hmm. take us to a new level. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, the bottom line is I've been in that deep void. Mm-hmm. I appreciate and understand mm-hmm. what that feels like. And I, I also, again, remain humble to the fact that healing is a perpetual journey 
mm-hmm. will go on for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. It's not a fixed point in time. Right. Right. So, so I would be lying to myself and I found myself lying to myself several times mm-hmm. by saying that I am over this now, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that I have checked that block. I, I have healed, you know, yeah, yeah. that no, done. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. work like that because yeah. we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. You know, and it's, it's a point of putting those backstops in, like we were discussing, mm-hmm. you know, building out our support network mm-hmm. and, and, and just maintain that humility, mm-hmm. um, that, that can that can ultimately help us become stronger at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've got I've good, I'm good. You've got I'm I'm not going to fail, which I think is interesting also because of the Thayer method that they teach at West Point. Like when when you go to take a test, you have no idea whether you're going to fail or not. Like you don't know the you you can do your best to like prepare yourself, but as you said, you walk in, you take the test, then they teach the lesson, right? Right. right. And that's what. That's the journey of life. That's the journey of an entrepreneur. You take the test, and then the lesson is taught. Right, right. You know? <laughs> and you don't know whether you have succeeded or failed until after. And success or failure doesn't matter unless you do something with it, right? Like past performance doesn't guarantee future results. Right. That's what we always say in the investment world, but it's it's true in life. Right. Like your past success, your past failure doesn't mean anything. Right. Unless you do something with it, right? Exactly. And and that's so what's the third lie? You have a third lie? Yeah, I I tie the third one to to being overly optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I I and and I really ties to my transition to the private sector, uh, you know, not when I was on the entrepreneurial path, but when I was working for some pretty substantial private sector companies, you know, I went in with this, this very, I mean, part of who I am was, you know, every action that I take is not tied to me. It's, it's tied to benefiting the larger organization, which ideally is, you know, benefiting an even broader impact. Mm -hmm. Right. And the, the point is that, you know, not necessarily everybody in your life or in that structure of, uh, the organizations you work with or work for are going to have that same inherent drive that mm-hmm. you might have, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or, or the same passions you might have. So um, I, I really had to bust out of of almost the lie that I was telling myself mm-hmm. that I had to be part of a larger organization in mm-hmm. order to make an impact, mm-hmm. right? Or that mm-hmm. that was the way to really drive it. Um, because I found that just to be getting in my way. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, I also found that when I had the confidence to split off and start doing this on my own, so many doors and windows were opening up mm-hmm. a- and I, I like, I'm pretty confident that within the next month or two, I- I'm going to be running a faster pace than I ran before, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So, which is great. It's what I want because there's, uh, there's no barriers in the way of that now, you mm-hmm. know, everything feels right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, Powerful, powerful. You know, this has been an incredible conversation. The, the final question is a big one. And and you have a special perspective, potentially, on how to answer this question, probably more so than anybody else that I've ever asked on the show. It's the title of a book uh, written by a guy from Harvard named Clay Christensen. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the question is, how will you measure your life? <laughs> that is a big one. So, so one... Um, I would be arrogant in saying that I could answer that completely right now. Yeah. Um, where, where I'm, Word, where totally. I'm sitting. Right. Um, and I think maybe that's the most important thing, you know, because there are facets of my life that I am still, 
learning and that I always will be learning. Mm-hmm. You know, I compete internally uh, with concepts such as uh, family and faith and relationships uh, to significant others. And uh, the way that I'm viewed in that regard and the impact that I have on, on their lives and how I develop all those relationships out, right? Which I, you know, again, I believe that the most important thing in life is the power of human connection. Um, so, so that, that is fundamentally important to me in terms of how I would value life. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a broader context, you know, in terms of performance or what impacts, uh, what I want to leave again, I, I think the field of emotional trauma has such a long way to go, uh, because mm-hmm. these are such incredibly deep concepts, uh, that are ever present everywhere we look. Yet very few people recognize when we kind of go on being dominated and, and impacted by past experiences in ways that we might not fully understand. So the more people that I can help bring into uh, conscious awareness of those experiences, the better the quality of life will be uh, as a whole for, for everyone. You know, not only that they themselves, but everyone that they touch and impact in their lives mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. You know these moral wounds have one weakness, right? Shame, guilt has, has a weakness and that's shining light on it. Mm. Right. The second you uncover it, that's the first part in taking it down. Mm. <laughs> Dude, Josh, this was an incredibly powerful conversation. I know that I I've learned a lot and, and received a lot. So thank you for giving. And I know that when this airs, that the audience is going to gain a lot from it. And I'm going to air it in two parts, uh, because I think it, I, I, I don't want people to miss certain elements of this of this conversation so thank you for being on the impact entrepreneur right. show brother Dude, it was it was awesome to be here and i always always appreciate uh interviewers who have the depth of questions that you do because it makes me learn too awesome and i'm constantly learning so i really appreciated this awesome thank you brother Josh, thank you so much for joining us on the Impact Entrepreneur Show for episodes 82 and 83 and for so vulnerably and bravely sharing your story. There is so much that we can all learn and take away from your experience, specifically the healing process and how human connection and the words that we speak to ourselves and others definitely shape the landscape of our mind and those that we interact with. If you missed any of the key points or highlights from the conversations I've had with Josh the last couple of weeks, you can head over to theimpactentrepreneur.net forward slash 83 or forward slash 82 for all of those highlights and bullet points and show notes. And while you're there, be sure to check out the Lawton Marketing Group and the Podcast Masters. We could not do this show without them. Now, until next time, go make an impact.